Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Um, in addition to that, I also want to say before we get into the message this morning, Probably the wackiest week we have ever had at the vineyard. And I'm talking about the vineyard, this church. This past week has probably been the wackiest week I have ever experienced as a pastor here. Um, There's more tragedy and difficulty in our church right now. I've never seen it hit all at once, you know? And, And some of that is like, some of that is like, well, there is a global pandemic and some people are getting very, very sick. Um, some of it is also, it's just the age of our church. You know, when you get to be a church that's 24, 25 years old, what you end up with is you end up with families and you end up with aunts and uncles. And you also end up with people who are old enough to actually have real difficulty strike their life, you know. So part of it is just a sign, oh, our church is just getting older. But then part of it as well is just, it's just demonic. It's just, it's just like demonic. Like there's one thing I'll tell you in a couple weeks. I can't tell you right now because I'm not sure that all the family knows all the details. But there was a tragedy in our church on Monday and I don't, it's just demonic. It's like literally stealing things from people's lives, you know? And um, uh, we'll pray for this situation specifically next week because I think the family will know everything that's happening by next week. But I just want to say, like, if you know somebody here at the church who's struggling or who's sick, like, would you pray? But then also, like, would you take somebody a meal? Would you help? Because there's a very good chance that not everybody here knows what's going on. So you might be thinking, well, I wonder who's going to do it. I'm telling you, it's you right? Like, that's just, I know that's very pastorally forward, but I'm just going to be, it's you. you. You can't wait for me or Andrew or Heather. Like, bro, I, I nearly broke my thumbs last week texting, you know, texting and calling. My, my, my thumbs are, I have carpal tunnel, you know? So uh, I just, this is a pastoral call to say, hey, we need to care for the people who are in the vineyard. It, and it needs to come from the black chairs, you know? So um, we need to pray. Uh, so before we even start today's message, can we just pray? Uh, if that's not too somber of a note, can we just pray? Yeah. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give mercy to people. Uh, God, uh, little babies who have been sick, we ask that you would give them mercy. Uh, Father, um, moms who are on ventilators this morning, we ask for mercy in your name. God, we ask, we ask for mercy. Uh, God, we ask that you would go into, into hospital rooms uh, this morning for people in the vineyard who have COVID. We ask that you would go in, that you would rebuke COVID, and that you would, would release the healing that is just in your presence. God, for tragedies that are in the vineyard, for things that are, they, they don't even make sense, God. We ask that you would give grace and that you would give mercy and, and, and God, I'm just asking that uh, everybody who's afflicted this week, that they would get strength and they could feel it. Uh, God, I ask that they could experience the nearness of your presence and strength. Uh, Father, we ask that, that even today, that tides would turn, 
They, they could just feel things changing and that they would know it's you. And God, I also ask that for people who are here this morning and uh, for people who are watching on the live stream, as we find out about each other's struggles, God, I ask that we would be, that we'd be moved to action, that we wouldn't wait on somebody else. We would just go, you know what? I can go get a hot and ready. Like, I can do that. God, would you help us? And we pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Everybody good? All right. All right. Um, yeah. Awesome. Mm. Hey, listen, I, one more pastoral thing, guys. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I think we have three more weeks of this garbage. Like, like we're, we're, we, really, we have to care for each other, right? Like, it's just beyond something else. Like, we, we really got to care for each other. So, just uh, as it comes into your, like, when you scroll and you see it, it's, it's tag your it, right? Tag your it. Can I tell you something really weird? as well. And, and if you find out about something, you might even want to text me. There's a very good, there's a very good chance I'm not going to see it. This is a very weird thing. Another little pastor word. For whatever reason, all of my socials, they contain almost none of you guys. And, the, and I don't know why. I think it's because my algorithms are skewed towards Vineyard USA stuff. So I'm much more likely to see somebody who's having trouble in California than I am to see somebody who's here. So listen, if you see it, tag your it, but then maybe even just text me and go, hey, did you know X, Y, Z? Because there's a chance I don't know, right? So listen, it's going to take it all. It takes a village. Okay. I'm done. Jeez. Jeez. Okay, hey, here's what I want to do this morning. Um, for the next couple weeks, for I think the next three weeks, uh, I want to talk to you about character, integrity, and goodness. Can I do that for a little bit? I want to talk about character, uh, integrity, and goodness. And, and today's message is called Inside and Out. And, and kind of the idea that we're, that we're going to be farming into this morning is the scripture that Phoenix read. And didn't Phoenix do a good job? That's our text for today. Uh, we're going to be talking about inside and out. This idea that if we become like Jesus, then who we are on the inside could be who we are on the outside. Or maybe to flip it around the other way, we could say it like this, that who we are on the outside, it could actually match who we are on the inside, right? Like that we could be the same from the deepest parts of who we are to the, to the most external parts of who we are, to the ones that you engage with or that I see, that we could actually be the same. We could be consistent all the way through and not just consistently bad, but actually like Jesus, you know, I mean, like I'm, I'm, I just want to tell you, I'm desperate for this in my life right now. I'm desperate that we could be like Jesus uh, and I'm desperate for, for things like character and integrity and goodness. Uh, I'll tell you this. It's not even a scripture that we're going to put up this morning, but several weeks ago, uh, several weeks ago, I was just doing some normal Bible reading and this little passage out of the book of Romans, Paul writes this thing. It's like, it's like a throwaway line out of the, out of the, out of the book of Romans, Paul says this. He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. And as soon as I read it, it just got on me. And there's something about the phrasing. I, it was sticky. Uh, you know how sometimes you hear something and it's like, oh, it just stay, it stays with you. Right out of Romans chapter 13, Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh. And I've been I've been on this little month-long journey of rolling this around, and it has had me thinking a lot about character, integrity, 
and goodness. And I'll just tell you, this has been a word to me, right? This is, this is, this is like the Spirit talking to me and saying, Adam, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying, right? Yeah. And so we're going to just sort of unpack this for the next few weeks. I want to talk about character, integrity, and goodness. But we'll still start here. We can do, we can do, uh, we can do interaction time. Um, what are some of the hallmarks of good character? Like, just call it out. What, what are some of the, like, ways? How do you know? Anybody? Other-centered. Other-centered, Other right? Like, like, if a person is a good person, or if a person has integrity, or if a person has character, they're not just selfish. Everybody here agree? It's a sign you ran into somebody who's mature, right? Yeah, they, they can... They can even see that someone else is struggling. They, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's oh, I got to do something. Here we go. Yeah. Anything else? They do good when no one's watching. They do good when no one's watching. I think, I think there's, a, there's like, it's probably like a, a meme somewhere floating around, right? Like, character is what? It's who you are when nobody's looking. Right. I think it's pretty decent. Good job, Rosie. High five, two points. <laughs> I'm scoring all of these, by the way. <laughs> uh, anything else? Dang, man, they do what they say they're going to do. Uh, I was talking, with, there's a text thread that's on my phone. It never ends. Anybody have those? The, t- the friend text, it just never ends. So I was in my, in my never-ending text thread, which I thoroughly enjoy. Like this, this one in particular is just source of joy. And we were actually talking about like character, integrity, and goodness. And I'm, I'm, I'm just asking these other people some questions. And we had probably 150 text conversation. And here's what we came down to. Jesus's words in the Gospels. Let your what? Yes be yes and let your no be no. Anything beyond that is what? From the evil one. Dang. That's what you're talking about. Just do what you, this is what Jesus is saying. Do what you say you're going to do. Right? And don't even, don't even pump it up. Just like yes and no. Anything else? You're, you're trying to convince me of something, right? And what else is, what, how do you know? Give me like maybe two more. Generosity. Generosity, like being a giver. Uh, by the way, is there anything less attractive than a stingy person or, some, or, or someone who's a taker? Like it, it literally, probably the most like unattractive thing in the world is someone who's, who just, is just stingy and sticky, Right? Uh, and then on the and then conversely, someone who's generous, is there any have you noticed that a generous person can like literally open a room a room up to like goodness? Like just like one act of generosity, and people are like, well, this space is amazing, right? Have you ever noticed that? Right? Generosity. There's something about character there, right? A, they have enough to give. B, they're willing to do it. It's that other-centered thing, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe one more. Anything else? Consistency. Consistency, yeah, is number one on my list. Yeah, from the inside out. Like Jesus' words that Phoenix read this morning. A good tree produces what? Good. And where is fruit? On the outside and where? At the end of the branch. Like, like from the middle of the tree to the very end of the branch, it's what? It's just all good. It's all good. Consistency. Yeah, these are some of the hallmarks of character and integrity and goodness. And I just want to say as the pastor here, here at the vineyard, we want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. And here's how we want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus in power, but also in character. And we want to be like Jesus in demonstration, 
but then also in the heart, in the heart. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 640 that the students would be like their teacher. I've been rolling around that for the, for the past week. Jesus said, hey, look, guys, the students will be like the teacher. And by the way, uh, that's not a word of rebuke. That is a, that is a word. That's a promise from Jesus. Like if we will let Jesus be the teacher, we will be like what? We will be like him. We will be like him. It's a word of promise from Jesus. And that's what we want here. That's what I want. It's one of my life, jo- it's one of my life goals uh, is to become like Jesus. And, and maybe one more question here. Uh, how many of you have ever met someone? How many of you have ever met someone that you could trust? Anybody ever met someone you could trust? Like, have you ever met somebody that you could trust with your story, with your money, with your family, with your kids? You know, not just one of those things, but like with all the things. Uh, do you have anybody in your life that you could like tell something very private to and they wouldn't tell anyone else? Like somebody you could trust. Isn't it an amazing gift? What is that? That's, that's something to do with character, integrity, and goodness. What a gift. And sometimes it feels rare. Sometimes it feels like people are kind of low on the integrity scale. Sometimes it feels like people are mostly self-interested and that even Christians are disappointing. And I'm not even talking about perfection here because everybody has a bad day, but I'm talking about basic goodness. Probably everybody in the room has been disappointed by someone's lack of character. And the truth is, probably everybody in the room has been disappointed in our own lack of character. Has anybody ever been surprised by your own weakness? And you're like, dang, I thought I was further along. Yeah. Well, I did a little, I did a little digging this week. I did a little digging this week, and I did a little digging specifically on lying. This was awesome. Hey, Seth, will you put that picture up? I emailed this morning. Maybe you want to go watch this later. Uh, this is a TED Talk. It's 18 minutes. And if you want to go watch it, it's both fun and utterly depressing. Uh, the TED Talk is called How to Spot a Liar. And I'll just give you the, I'll give you the highlights here. I'll give you the highlights here. Uh, Pamela Meyer, this is what she says. She says she's an expert in lies and she's an expert in lie spotting, which is like a whole field which is like crazy. And the videos she plays at the end of this video will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. That's what I'm going to tell you. Go ahead, go ahead and watch it. But here's some of the highlights from what she says. She says that in the course of an average day, you and I will be lied to between 10 and 200 times. <laughs> That's just the average day. Like every day, every day, you're going to be lied to between 10 and 200 times. That's just kind of where we're at. And, and then here's some more fun little highlights. Uh, men, men lie eight times more than women about themselves. Men tell lies about themselves. Surely we don't. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes in there, and I'm just like, I just, I started scratching so many funny jokes on post-it notes about that. Men lie about themselves. And women, women, they lie as well, but women mostly lie to protect other people. Women like, it's like, oh, oh, that's right. (laughs) And here's, here's a real fun one. When we marry, most of the time the line goes up. One out of 10, one out of 10 interactions with your partner have a lie embedded in them. (laughs) Dang, right? Dang. Uh, By the way, our leaders are no better. 
Our leaders are no better. According to the Washington Post, Trump lied 37,000 times in four years. <laughs> no, the cries are, no, surely he didn't. And just so you, just so you know that uh, this is a nonpartisan platform here, uh, Bill Clinton, well, <laughs> Bill Clinton, maybe you remember the phrase, Bill Clinton did not have sexual relations with that woman, right? Like, like our leaders are no better. We could, we could move on to stealing. Stats are no better. Something like 11% 11 of the people in the, in the wide population will steal something over 50 bucks this year. Uh, the most popular targets are cell phones, weight loss pills, <laughs> Advil, and Rogaine. I thought that was funny. It's like, dude, we see you're going bald. Like we... It's already there. What are we doing, right? And of course, these stats that I just read you, they're, they're in the wider population. But then I read an article in Forbes this week. Forbes put out an article about white-collar crime in the church. And the experts in Forbes believe that 6% of the funds in the church worldwide are stolen or quietly embezzled. Great. Great. Uh, here's what that means. It means we need character. Like we can just keep playing this game, right? I, I just, at, at a certain point, I just got too depressed and I quit looking around at like, like how many people shoot their neighbors? You know, you, you could just think of all these things, you know, or whatever, but, but eventually you just give up, you know? Right now, our culture is one that prioritizes power. We want political power, uh, not only that, but we want something effective. I, I did a podcast a few weeks ago. Let me, just, let me just pump my own podcast here for a minute. But uh, I did a podcast a few weeks ago with a really, really bright guy. His name is Jeff Holtzclaw. He's a PhD professor. And um, he's also a vineyard pastor. And he is a really amazing guest. But, but one of the things that Jeff and I were talking about is we were talking about the resurgence of occultic and New Age practices among Christians. So there's like this new wave of things that's happening among Christians. So like things like tarot cards and Christians are now becoming more and more interested in astrology. And then Christians are becoming more and more fascinated with things like psychedelic drugs. And we were sort of like having this conversation about like what in the world would Christians like why and then how. Right. And Jeff made a really great point. And Jeff says, you know, Adam, I think what we have here is we have a culture that is obsessed with power, but not, not just power in the ways we normally think about power, like coercion and controlling people and getting what we want. But what he's talking about is uh, power in the sense of we just want something effective, right? And so we are on a journey for anything that we think might be effective. And I thought, wow, that's a really good insight. Uh, we have a culture that's just obsessed with power and we're looking for something that might work, even, even if it leads us to a place that is it, into practices that are utterly non-Christian. I just want to say, you know, like, hey, look, astrology and tarot cards and, and psychedelics, guys, this ain't the boat, you know? Uh, and I understand why you might be wanting to go there, but it ain't the boat, not if we're Christians, you know? And, and, so, and some of it is rooted in the fact that we want change and we're looking for something effective. See, in the church, we have power, but it's the power of the Spirit. 
And sometimes we lose heart when we can't wield the spirit like a tool. You know, what I want is I want the spirit and I want him to be a hammer, but the spirit isn't a hammer. You know, Jesus said of the spirit, oh, well, the wind blows and we don't know where it comes from and we don't know where it goes. And one of the things that Jesus is saying in that moment is you don't get to control him. Right. And that becomes a huge bummer after a while. Or, or maybe we're like, OK, I want to work with the spirit. But we become bummed out when we find out that the power of the spirit might look like weakness. You know, it was the power of the Spirit that took Jesus to the cross. Jesus didn't like do his world saving by like bench pressing as much as I want to bench press, you know? Need to work on that some more. But, but it's the power of the Spirit that allows us to take other postures in the world. And sometimes we don't want weakness or, or, or sometimes we get bummed out when we find out that the power of the Spirit might not always be instantaneous, you know? Uh, sometimes the power of the Spirit shows up in a moment and like, bam, it's like instantaneous. But then sometimes the Spirit is not instantaneous. Sometimes it's the slow work of God in your life. And when it comes to character or when it comes to the passage that we read this morning from Luke 6 about like trees growing good fruit, how many of you know that fruit is not instantaneous? There's a difference between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Gifts are given. Fruit is what? Grown. And so character, you don't get... You don't get character given to you. You grow it. You know, uh, prophecy, you get given to you. Healing, you get given to you. Uh, words of wisdom, given to you. Why? God's generous. And yet he's, he's, he's got this fast work, but he's also got the slow work of God. And so we need to lean in to both. Uh, here's the good news this morning. We can have the power of the Spirit. And the good news is it's available Here's what I want to say to the church. Church, we need the character and the heart of Jesus. We need to be true in the way that Jesus is true. And we need to be students who end up looking like the master. That's the call. I mean, that's my dream. Jesus said, there's a tree and it's got fruit. Seth, can we just put that passage up? We could just maybe just leave it up. God burn it into our eyes. Jesus said that a tree would produce fruit in kind. Bad trees, they produce bad fruit. Uh, good trees produce good fruit. And by the way, uh, in the way that Jesus tells this parable, one of the things you find out is all the, all the trees are producing fruit. So, like, so right, right now in the room, one of the things we got to understand is everybody here is producing fruit. So the question is not, are we producing fruit? The question is, is it any good? Everybody's producing. Good fruit from good trees, bad fruit from bad trees. And I just want to say a couple things about good fruit and trees. Uh, number one, it's a, good it's a good metric. I love that Jesus is putting it like this. It's a good metric. Like you can actually tell. Part of this parable is Jesus is saying, hey, goodness is obvious. There's something about, it's not a secret. It's not weird. It's not, it's not hidden. It's like obvious. There are parts of the kingdom of heaven that are hidden. But then there's also parts of the kingdom that are not hidden. And it's obvious, like good fruit. How many of you have ever walked out to an apple tree just like loaded down? Nobody who walks out to an apple tree that's loaded down is like, well, I wonder what kind of tree that is. You know, have you ever gone to Florida or have you ever gone to California and seen an avocado tree and it's just like loaded down? Or have you ever like stood underneath an, uh, uh, an oak tree in Kentucky and there's like acorns falling everywhere like rain? I wonder what kind of tree. I wonder if it's any good. Like it's obvious. It's a good metric. 
Like, here's what I want to say to the church. Goodness in your life and my life, it's, there's something to it's obvious. Okay, number two. What's on the outside is directly connected and it matches what's on the inside. Fruit is a window to the interior. Like, like if there's good fruit in your life, like, or if there's good fruit in someone else's life, this is a window into the interior. It's a window. It's telling us something. It matches. No, uh, number three, all trees produce fruit. And that means all people produce fruit, but it also means all organizations produce fruit. It means all families produce fruit. All systems. Anything that's alive, right? And by the way, uh, your body is alive, your family is alive, this church is alive, the place where you work is alive, the school you go to is alive. Those are all living systems and they're producing fruit. Okay, now I want to quickly move. Man, too many stories. All right, I'm going to pick, can I pick up the pace? Lord help me. I want to talk to you really quickly. Four ways to grow good fruit. Uh, number one, if you're taking notes, number one, you want to have character, integrity, and goodness? You want to grow good fruit? Number one, prioritize growing fruit. That's good. Uh, farmers don't simply farm because they like to work. Farmers don't farm because they like to work. And farmers don't farm because they like to drive tractors. I mean, you, you, might, you might start out farming because you like to drive tractors. But let me tell you, as someone who's driven a tractor or two in my life, after about 30 minutes, the newness is worn off. You're like, yep, it's slow. You know, that was, yeah, done. It's four-wheel drive. It's slow. We're doing, yeah. No, farmers farm to get a harvest. You know, farmers farm for a harvest. Which brings up the question, why do we follow Jesus? Why are we following Jesus? You know, are we following Jesus just to avoid hell? Or are we following Jesus because he's the actual, he's the actual way, the truth, and the life? Not just later, but now. This is the main switch most Christians, especially in the South, have to make. Like Jesus is not just the way, the truth, and the life later after you die. He's the way, the truth, and the life now. This is the thing. Like this is the whole thing. Like, like, like it's, not a, it's not this like cheat code where you get to live like hell your whole life and then later I get heaven. You know, it's like, no, if, if you don't see that he's the, the best way to live now, how's it, how's it going to work later? Here's the thing. And I think God is actually pretty generous and it might actually work out later. But what if you get there, as Dallas Willard says, and you find out that you've spent 80 years training yourself to hate God and to hate heaven? Like, like, do we see that Jesus is the way now? Can we see that his way, his way of life is actually the good way? This is what it means to prioritize growing fruit. We have to follow, we actually have to see that Jesus, like that he's the guy, you know? And we want to prioritize fruit. Growing the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Becoming a tree that produces good fruit. Uh, without this goal, we, we are unlikely to have a harvest. And in the case of farming, I just want to tell you, uh, there's lots to contend with. When you're farming, there's three major things you got to contend with. Weeds, weather, and pests. And it's the same thing that, that happens when we, when we set out to like, grow a harvest of, of goodness and integrity and character and fruit in our lives. You will contend with the weather. Uh, what is the weather? It's the things that are beyond you and outside of your control. Things will happen in your life that are beyond your control. And, and you will contend with it. 
Like, and it's, and it's like, like, here's the thing. No one's against you. It might be the devil, but it's like, it's just, it's everybody, right? Like, listen, if you want to grow a crop of goodness and integrity in your life, there will be storms of pressure that will come on your life. And you just need to know it's going to happen. And it's not just you, it's everybody. And if you want to, if you want to grow a crop of goodness in your life, it's like farming. There'll be weeds. Like in, when, when the soil is fertile enough to grow a beautiful apple tree, it's also fertile enough to grow some other things you didn't want to grow. This is one of the things that we found out in raising up leaders here at the vineyard. When, when we raise up people who are good and, and, and when you have an atmosphere where people can grow, you don't just grow the good things, but you'll grow everything. This is one of the things, right? Yeah, you'll contend with it. And, and, and there'll be pests because when something good's around, other varmints are looking around going, what? It's pretty good. Think I'll have some, right? Like we grow grapes at my, at my farm and the deer and the turkeys love them. Why? Because they're actually good. This is what it means. There'll be some things to contend with. And it's the same in character development. I want to be like Jesus. And here's what that means. I want to be like Jesus more than stir up controversy on the internet, you know? I want to be like, like sometimes, how many of you all know that it's really fun to dunk on somebody on Facebook? It's fun because there's idiots on Facebook. You're just like, you're like, man, you know what? Somebody just put something really stupid on Facebook. I just want to dunk on them, right? And what is that? It's just, it's weeds, weather, and varmints coming up in your field. Like, like, is it that important or do I want to be like Jesus? This is why having the goal of being like Jesus is desperately important. Because if it's not your goal, you'll just dunk on people on Facebook. And then you'll think, oh, I'm a good person. But everybody in town knows you're a jerk. I'm a jerk, right? Yeah. Farmer and character, farming and character development are mostly delaying gratification. Putting seeds in the ground, it seems like losing, you know? Uh, you know, think, think about this. You got this like handful of seeds. You're like, well, we could eat these seeds. I'm hungry, right? And the first thing you got to do if you're going to be a farmer is you got to put those seeds in the ground. And so the initial stage is it feels like I'm losing, but you have to lose in order to what? Gain. This is not just true in farming. and It's not just like a play on one of Jesus's words in another sermon. It's, it's the way we grow character. The beginning stages of character growth and integrity and goodness will feel like losing. Like I don't get to dunk on the person you know, or, or I don't get to say whatever I wanted to say. And man, I like saying stuff. I'm just talking about me right now. Like I like saying stuff, you know, I would rather fight with you, you know, and I'm not even angry, you know, it's like, let's just do it. Like, let's just find out who's who and like, whatever. (laughs) Got to plant those seeds, you know, just like get rid of that stuff. Okay. Uh, Number two, got to make Jesus the model. Jesus said the students would be like their teacher. Think about who you are right now. If I'm not like Jesus, the question is this, who has been my teacher? Maybe I've given that student energy and attention to someone else or something else. We all become like the things that hold our attention. Here's the thing. Uh, Anybody get that little report from Apple every Sunday? Probably right around church time because that's when mine buzzes. Your screen time this week was up 11%. Ah! No, no, no. No, no, you know, and listen, I love my phone. It's my precious. <laughs> like, and it's yours too. It really is. It's our precious. We're slowly turning into golems. But here's what I want to say. Like, whatever it is that we focus on and give attention to, it is the thing that will be our teacher. You know, 
Like, how many of you have noticed that the world has not become less polarized in the last few years? How many of you noticed it's become more polarized? And how many of you noticed that everybody's position on everything is like ultra hard in the paint? You know? Everyone's hard in the paint on everything. Well, here's what I would like to say. I would like to say that some of that is just that we've given our attention to the robots and the algorithms are punking us. Like literally, we will say things on Facebook we would never say to someone's face. And we have opinions that are being shaped by social media that would never, ever happen in person-to-person interactions. And because of that, we're becoming less like Jesus and we're becoming more like the robots. Like the internet runs on controversy. Like this is the New York Times and the Washington Post, every single major news article uh, has written about this. All of the social media platforms, they run on controversy because they figured out if they can tap into what we hate, not just what we love, but what we hate and what stirs up anger in us, then, then it, it, it increases time on the app, right? Like, yeah. It's like oftentimes the algorithm is on purpose showing you things that they know is counter to what you really like and believe so that it stirs up emotions in you and then you're just engaged and you keep going back to it. And hey, what happens if we live like this, let's say for five years, and let's say, let's say that we have an average of four and a half hours to five hours a day on our phones where we're mostly stirred up and angry about people and we're having thoughts that we'd never have in real life and we're saying things that we would never say in person, and then all of a sudden we get way down the road and we, and we look around and we go, wow, I'm filled with bitterness and I wonder why the world is so full of polarization. It's, it's because we didn't do the thing that we needed to do, which is make Jesus the model. You know, anything, any, whatever we behold, we will become like. So we have to keep Jesus in front of us. Uh, back a few years ago, uh, when Jesse had paused yoga downtown, I would, go to, I would go do yoga on Monday mornings. It was like my thing. It was my jam. It was like, I got to go get this stuff out of my body, you know? And what was interesting to me is Jesse, who's the instructor, Jesse would be like, well, here's what I want you to do. And she would describe what she wanted, like the pose that she wanted you to go into. But you know what I was always most thankful for? She was not just telling me with words. What was she doing? She was showing me up front. She would, she would say, well, you know, Hey, this is what I want everybody to stand, you know, this pose, stand like this or whatever. And then I would listen and I would try to make my body do that. But how many of you know that my body was not doing that? But when I could look at Jesse, I could get a little closer. I'd realize, oh, and then, and then Jesse would give me some other verbal cue and I would watch her and then I would go back to it. And then I'm like, oh, that's different. I feel different. I feel engagement in my hamstrings or something, you know? You should feel it in your hamstrings. I'm like, I don't feel it in my hand. Oh, now I do, you know? <laughs> yeah, why? Because she was my model. You know, we need a model in our life. If you want to grow the fruit of Jesus, Jesus has to be the model. No one else gets to be the model. No other guru, no other book, no other author, no other person. Jesus alone. Jesus is the model for fruit. If you want to be like Jesus. You know, if you don't, if you want to, if you want to be something else, you know, fine. But if you want to be like Jesus... It's got to be him, you know? Uh, you can't be like Jesus and just like fill up your brain with Rachel Maddow. You, you can't be like Jesus and fill up your brain with Tucker Carlson. You will literally be like them. You will have opinions like them. You won't be like him, you know? You have to change. Okay, number three, watch over our words. Seth, can we put the last scripture 
of this section up uh, from chapter 6, just the, the last slide of chapter 6. Oh, look at what he says here. He says, what you say flows from your heart. Isn't it weird? So Jesus tells this parable. He's like, good fruit, good trees. Bad fruit, bad trees. A good heart from the treasury, a bad heart from the treasury. And then at the end, Jesus tells this parable. The last thing he, say, the last thing he says is, what you say flows from what is in your heart. Goodness, integrity, and character is mostly watching over what we talk about, what we say, like watching over what we say. This tag about words. Uh, how many of you have ever noticed that our blindness is often expressed in our speech? You know, that's true for me. It's true for me. I, I'm really, I'm someone who's quick to talk and slow to think which is like exactly the opposite of what it should be. What's coming out of my mouth? Let's just move on. Number four, there's more there. We're just skipping it. Another time, another sermon. Skipping it. Number four, you want to grow good fruit? Ask for grace. Like literally ask for grace. Ask for grace. Seth, can we put up the, the passage from Titus chapter two? Look at this. This is, this is just... Straight up good news. Paul says this, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to people. Number one, there's grace to what? There's grace for salvation. Everybody knows that, right? It's like, yeah, I need to get saved. How do we get saved? We get saved because God is gracious. Yes. But look at what he says in verse 12. And we're instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Uh, there's, there's two kinds of grace in Titus chapter 2. There's the grace that saves, but there's also the grace that instructs us to turn from godless living. Two kinds of grace. We should, we should ask for it. By the way, the only reason I know that scripture and have any idea about it is because Ray Hollenbach taught it to me. He's my teacher. Once we've been forgiven, we should, be for, we should pray for the grace that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Like, like, just make it a part of your prayer life. God, would you give me grace? Would you give me grace to say no to ungodliness? Man, I wanna, I wanna be a fountain of goodness. I wanna be a fountain of goodness. Give me grace, God. There's grace that forgives and there's grace that instructs. And it's not unlike Jesus' teaching on trees and fruit. You don't go straight to fruit. You don't go straight to fruit. You grow fruit. It takes time. First, there's flowering. And then, and then the tiny fruit appear, you know? Tiny, tiny fruit. And then after a good while, the, the fruit is mature and ready. Anybody ever had like something in their yard that was a fruit tree or something? Like the first thing it does is it flowers in the spring. And then these little tiny, these little tiny fruits, they show up, don't they? By the way, uh, the, the tiny fruits are always sour. It's like counterintuitive, you know, which is, by the way, there's another lesson in there for us. Like when you set your intention to grow good fruit and to have character, integrity and goodness, you know, at the beginning, it feels like losing, right? Because we're sowing seeds. It feels like we're losing. Then like something sprouts up and you're like, "Woo, this is great. And then there's a flower and you're like, this is even more encouraging. You're like, I feel myself changing. And then the tiny fruit sets. And then instead of being sweet, the tiny fruit is sour and you're like, I'm losing. No, you're not losing. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, this is, 
What, what does this mean? It means it's not, it's not just like up and to the right in terms of the way we experience it and how we feel about it. It might feel like two steps forward and one step back, but we're actually making progress along the way. Does this make sense? Yeah. yeah. But we should ask for grace because there's grace for forgiveness, but there's also grace that instructs. We should pray to produce the fruit of a good life. There's more to say, but we can do it some other Sunday. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Man, he's here. Man, wasn't worship good this morning? I also wanted to just say, uh, shout out to Kevin. Uh, Kevin, song two, verse two. You were just peddling the one. Just pedal that one, baby. It was so good. Bass players never get any public affirmation. <laughs> but it was actually an especially good moment. Like, like, everybody's always like, the drummer, the singer. Man, singers, sit down. Somebody's got to help the bass players out occasionally, right? So good. Best moment. Best moment. Boom. Yeah. Man, the Lord is here, y'all. The Lord is here. And he is here to give us grace this morning to be like Jesus. Uh, he's here to actually win our hearts to want to be like Jesus. You know, that's a, that's a powerful thing. So here's what I'd like to do this morning. Why don't we stand up? And if you're on the worship band, come on up this morning. Singers included. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message.